0: By virtue of Adam's rules of order, this episode is hereby—I don't know—called to order. Is. We've called it to the order. Oh, Dad. Then I'd be then I'd be using the word order, order twice, twice. Yeah. Welcome to the latest episode of Take Note. This is, of course, our podcast about carrying a little notebook around in our back pocket and writing things down, uh, with the hopes that when we read read them to each other, some spark of poetry or life will animate the other the other being adam hello adam
1: hello ted i i prepared to be animated by a spark of poetry it's a tall expectations are a
0: dangerous dangerous move it's a high bar game
1: yep (laughs) a dangerous Uh, move in this little chess game i like that
0: yes yeah uh well uh pawn pawn tonight's rook 4, my friend, because uh every every episode we ask each other a question what do you got means what have you written down in that little notebook lately uh give me some poetry
1: well, I'll tell you what I'm gonna play a little queen's gambit on you, and I'm gonna say, what do you got? you go
0: oh turning it back around on me, eh It's what I call uh, a queen's this, gambit this is a this is a quick one uh old powerboat parked behind a law office. <laughs> That's all that one is. Check and back to you. All right. This is uh is a quote from an
1: article book review. Patricia Highsmith had a thing for snails. She admired their self-sufficiency and found it relaxing to watch them copulate, delighted by the impossibility of distinguishing male from female. She collected them for decades, keeping hundreds at home and scores in her handbag, which she let loose when bored at dinner parties.
0: Oh my god. Yeah. How strange. I, I've never thought twice about Patricia, Patricia Highsmith, and yet here we are. She's a remarkable snailsman.
1: This is, yeah, This she is a she is a snailsman. It's a, nice, it's a really great little um, review of a biography for her. It makes you want to read the book. It also says that um, she had like 8,000 pages of journals and diaries, which are going to be released later this year. Very exciting. And then like second to last paragraph, it's like, she was also a racist and anti-Semite. But anyways. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, back to those snails. Back to the snails, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Cookie, cookie patty and her snails
0: what do you got oh she's she's so quirky <laughs> yep uh okay i this is quoting myself here i both want my children to build clever and handsome wooden toys and recognize the grievous disadvantage in the global marketplace that would be the end result of such practices yeah what do you do it's a real hobson's choice I don't, I don't know what hobson's choice is i don't either <laughs> um well now we do uh yeah i watched uh, the dig starring Rafe fines and carrie mulligan loved it great movie serious but not too serious nothing hor- bad things happen but uh nothing so horrible that you wish you hadn't watched it and uh, the little boy has all kinds of nice wooden toys that uh if he if that were a contemporary film he would be uh relegated to uh, a subpar career prospect.
1: Yeah, probably a few, a few. probably play a switch. If it was a contemporary film. Do you like uh Speaking of Ray Fines? Do you like The English Patient?
0: Oh gosh, I can't remember. I think I liked it so-so. I remember it being a little more romancy than I yeah, I thought it would be or something.
1: I was a big fan of the English Patient. My dad and I went to see it, thinking it was a war film, and it is a war film. It's great, and it's beautiful, and it, but it was very romancie, which isn't what we expected. But we walked oh, out of the so, theater, and so we were like, hey, this, "This is a really good movie. It is not what I expected." He's like, "No, oh, it's not what I expected." It was great though. <laughs> yep,
0: that was my. I, re- I remember a lot of like gauzy, mm-hmm. sort of like window window curtains blowing in the breeze of an open window kind yep. of thing yep uh, the dig was not also not a war it, it there are parallels I would say it was a, it was a, the backdrop of war um, and some very interesting activities going on. I mean Ray Finds is amazing um, and he wears all uh, these baggy you know beautiful like uh, uh, 40 30s 40s menswear kind of thing and boots and clumping around in the mud and Carrie Mulligan wears beautiful high society lady clothing so it's a very aesthetically appealing still simple you know but like and just it moved along nicely and had it was written really well and a few little interesting filmic techniques but not overly and it was a, the taste levels it was a really good movie
1: I think it's great that they made a film about Boston's infrastructure successes.
0: So yeah, no, it covered uh, all. 100, was hundred and fifteen years of uh, build uh, highways and yep. surface streets and frontage roads and uh, greenways.
1: greenways, yeah.
0: Greenways. Yep. What do you got, Adam? Oh, thanks.
1: <laughs> all right. So I was in the coffee shop today, as I am every day. Take a little walk to the coffee shop, to stay sane. And uh, coffee shop owner says to me, he goes, uh, the last customer in here was with his son, who was about ten years old, and the kid asked, how many calories are in that hot chocolate? And so, ha ha ha. And I tell the shop owner, like you, you got to tell that kid there aren't enough branches of this coffee shop that you're required by law to put the calorie count on the menu. Ha, uh, you know, ha ha ha. You know, right? And the coffee shop owner goes, yeah, yeah, but um, the customer he was strange too. He he began telling me that uh COVID nineteen is a hoax by the pharmaceutical companies. So strange term. And I'm thinking like, okay, uh so this was this was this the last this was the last customer. How long ago was he here? Is this guy a regular? <laughs> who's hanging out at the coffee shop? But anyway, so that's what's going on at the coffee shop. We got some uh not even anti vaxxers. I don't know what you call those people. Crazy people. They're just like us, Ted
0: conversations can take turns man that's why i avoid them the <laughs> well i i actually thought i was kind of charmed i
1: think the coffee shop owner like it had just happened to him and he felt like he had to tell someone other than his wife like you know the guy walked out he tells his wife who works the coffee shop too and then it was like the next person in there he was gonna yeah. he was gonna <laughs> tell no matter what and I, you know i i identify with that behavior so oh
0: well, and you're the—I mean, you—you you have a podcast, for God's sake. Yeah. You're the perfect person to tell. He didn't even know what he was getting. As I walked out of there, it was like,
1: "It's like the guy knows I got the podcast and needs a little content." So,
0: so we were thinking uh, we might talk some pencils. I um, might, I might be willing to do that. Well, if you might and I might, then that that makes a segment. Um, <laughs> I went to uh, Office Depot this morning which I don't do that often, but I needed some work notebooks, which, uh, you know, work work notebooks, I'm a little, I'm not particularly picky. They don't have to be wonderful. I actually, I had a couple of fun ones that I filled up, um, and those were uh, decomposition oh, books, yeah. which are those, yeah, they're, they're fun, they're fun covers. You can't, anything heavier than a .7 Pilot G2, and it it bleeds like crazy so at the end of the day you know even when I'm working I want to throw a little ink around so um, uh, I wanted to get another uh, a work notebook that was a little more versatile than that and incidentally I've probably mentioned this somewhere along the way in the podcast but the black and red notebook
1: that's what it's uh, called
0: if if you can get your workplace to buy some black and red notebooks they, uh, they, I, I don't even know what company they are. They seem to exist kind of just unto themselves. Um, but the paper is fantastic. It's really good paper. Um, and so I got some, I saw some of those. It's a perfect Office Depot buy because they're, you know, not, not dirt cheap, but meat, not, I think they were $11 a piece. And I got these, they make this gigantic one. It must be like, it must be i don't know 10 by 14 or some huge size which i thought oh this is great i'll get this like i'll I'll act like i'm an like an accountant in you know 1925 working on the <laughs> the hudsec proxy or something <laughs> um but uh, as i was scanning the you know, i always scan the pen the the you know affordable pen hanger shelf area just to see if anything jumps out at me. Nothing really did uh until I got to the mechanical pencils and I I have I I've been pretty anti mechanical pencil. I think listeners here know that we we love the wood case pencils. Um but one of them absolutely just caught my eye. Like in the truest sense, wasn't looking for anything, didn't even really want a mechanical pencil and then I saw this mustard yellow just very simple body, with a little facet to it and a little metal fixture. So it's just mustard, and you know, silver metal. But it's a Pentel P two o nine. Pentel. And it's P two o nine. And it's it's a 0. 09 millimeter lead, and that was what really, that's what got me. And it's also very affordable. I don't know, four or five bucks or something, so maybe seven bucks. And Because the 0.9 lead is, you know, typically you see the 0.7 is kind of like what I think of as a standard mechanical pencil. Always seems very skinny to me. Right. And it seems breaky and scratchy and unpleasant. Not my thing. But seeing that it was a 0.9, I thought, okay, now we're talking. And the package said something like, "Just quote, just like a number two pencil. I didn't exactly know what that meant. But I, I, I got one, and I got some, some 0.9 lead refills. And I've been using this thing all day, and it just, it's a great pen body. It's very handsome. I'll post a picture of it uh, over at takenote.space. Um, but, it, but it's got this slightly heavier lead, which is just a delight. So this is, uh, I mean, I love Pentel. Like, I love the Energel ink. It's one of my favorites. I don't like those pen bodies, incidentally, ironically. Okay. Uh, But this Pentel P209 mechanical pencil is a very affordable, very handsome option with a nice thick lead.
1: Oh, fantastic. Yeah, it's good times. I have been using, I'm going to say the exact opposite of that pencil.
0: You've been using a hunk of charcoal that you... uh, That you found on a tree that had been struck by lightning.
1: Yes, exactly. Except uh, a hundred years ago. So I was gifted by Dave Tubman of Pencil Fodder. A bunch of, like, a couple dozen pencils um, as part of the Erasable Group online, their Secret Santa event. And... One of the pencils is a George Rowney & Company Limited, number 820. It's a 2B, and my guess, from what I can tell online, I don't actually know, is uh, that this pencil is 100 years old, about, maybe 95 years old. And so it's, I finished using the Caron Dash, Swisswood pencil that I like, and I knew this was going to be my next pencil. And I was sharpening it, um, and I felt like... Um, uh, I felt like it wasn't taking well in the sharpener, is, and I, I felt as though I was destroying this um, this beautiful relic instead of honoring it, you know. <laughs> and uh, so <laughs> I um, I bought an Opinel pencil. Is that our are we calling it Opinel knives? Is that what we're saying?
0: Let's go with Opinel.
1: Opinel. I bought an Opinel knife because I wanted to. I decided I was going to try to sharpen this pencil with a knife instead and see if that would work a little better and so ted i am now i'm a sculptor i don't know if that's mm-hmm. your experience once you start sharpening pencils with a knife you just feel like you're you're an artist you know you're just like was this like i, I start with a i start with a piece of wood and i, I just cut away everything that's not supposed to be there
0: um the, everything that's not a, a sharpened pencil. everything
1: that's not a sharpened pencil i just cut away um and, and it's great. It's a lot of fun sharpening the pencils with uh, knives. Uh, big fan of that. And I can see the issue with this uh, George Rowney pencil. It's that the uh, you know, the two pieces of wood that were glued together have started to come loose a little bit. Now, I don't know if the Rowney company, what their um, what their warranty is on pencils. Yeah. I mean, this is, I think, less than 100 years old, so... Um, you know, just a few years, less than 100 years old. So, you know, I know I could return the pencil, but, I, you know, I don't have a receipt. I don't want to bother Dave Tubman if for it. If they're
0: not willing to stand <laughs> behind right. their product uh-huh. for a century. Uh, yeah, that's right. What's the point? Yeah. I should have got gotten 821
1: my... instead of an 820. But I'm enjoying, <laughs> I am enjoying the heck out of this pencil and using it and telling oh, my children cool. that uh, this pencil is 100 years old, I think and uh
0: well what does a what does a one hundred year old pencil write like
1: it's a two b it's very firm it's
0: delightful it feels that's very really cool. feels very firm
1: i think uh maybe
0: maybe not very firm
1: i don't
0: know it's it makes a, sense yeah to to sharpen a pencil like that with a knife just seems like uh you know something you would have done when it was around the time it was produced that's right yeah but my experience I, My experience with sharpening pencils with a knife, it's very enjoyable. I never... I haven't really figured out how to sharpen the graphite to a point that is satisfying. Yes. So it always just ends up as kind of a chunky, weird mess, which sometimes is fine. But to me, it never actually achieves sharpness as we understand it. Right, right. You know,
1: I want to... I say... I want to say, I said it was a firm pencil. It's not like a firm pencil. It's like firmer than it looks like it's going to be, if that makes any sense, right? It just writes a little firmer than it looks. I find, I find carving this pencil, sharpening this pencil with a knife is like trimming your beard. And you just kind of can't stop because you're like, oh, oh, I did a little more on that side. Let me see if I can, oh, you know, which, oh, yeah. you know, I'm also, I feel like I'll end up going through this pencil much sooner if I'm not what do you, careful. Are you
0: going to, are you going to use up that whole pencil? Yeah, again? why not? Yeah. You don't think I should? I think it's I think it's got another 100 in it. <laughs> <laughs> I'll use hey. half of it. Tell tell the kids it's to give your, it to the, their kids. It's your legacy. Yeah,
1: it's my legacy. <laughs>
0: um, the <laughs> the you know this picking up this mechanical pencil I found it's actually on a bit of a continuum because I did get the the Caveco, um, lead holder. That's it right. Holds, I think, like a five point six millimeter lid. Now, I was at uh, a Michaels a few weeks ago.
1: Michaels, Picking Office up,
0: Max. Oh yeah, man, I've been working out that KND ninety five mask, and <laughs> uh, they they have a you know they have a kind of a nice like pens and and you know. The, the, Pencil, art pencil kind of setup and uh, I, th- I needed a new I needed new lead for my Caveco lead holder. I couldn't really remember I, 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 I knew the lead was that they had at Michael's was not going to be thick enough um, but I thought maybe that the Kaveco could still close down on a smaller lead. Uh, turns out two millimeter lead in the Kaveco doesn't work. Um, slightly frustrating,
1: but you know that's that's my issue with mechanical pencils is I think if you do not have a real like standard run of the mill pencil mechanical pencil like this Pentel you've got you're gonna run into issues. I I had issues with the um, Muji mechanical pencil that was highly recommended was never able to use it, and you've got this Kaveco and you've got to be able to find. I don't know jumbo mutant lead at all times.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I mean jet pens has them, but you know, yeah. And I, (laughs) I don't know what that means. (laughs) I mean, it's get you know ordering things and getting them shipped for like a few pencil leads. It's not the most. Got it. Got it. It's not my not my most thrilling uh, consumer experience. I I think (laughs) I got I got enough of this two millimeter lead that I'll probably just end up going back and buying a two millimeter lead holder i think i saw a decent look a decent looking fabric castell one on jet so i'm i'm reverse engineering that one where i'm starting with the lead but i think with the the Kaweco, i really do enjoy it you know it's one of those it's a kind of a tool that uh by using it, it gets you gets you in a different mindset you know like when you're when you're writing with a giant hunk of lead like that you you Precision writing goes out the window, so you end up, you know, writing with bigger gestures and maybe doodling in a way that's new or, you know, it's easy with that thing to fill up a whole, um, like a whole sheet of, you know, doodle paper and, you know, it, it, I I really like that about it because it's smooth and fun and it, it changes the, my, the, you know, the pen is, the body of it is big, so you hold it differently. Um, than a regular pencil, and it just it feels different. So I like that about it. Like occasionally, I'll take work notes with that big old lead holder, and just end up with something you know totally different.
1: Yeah. Well, how do you keep the giant lead? Um, how do you keep the giant lead sharpened?
0: Oh, actually, you can you can gingerly. Put it into a, just like my Blackwing two-stage sharpener, just into the second stage. And it will sharpen it down to a pretty good point. So it's not that you can't achieve sharpness. It's more that you just, you don't really, I don't know, it's not, there's not that much point. It's almost more fun to have a kind of a rounded, a rounded point that you can just do big old fat lines and scribbles and shading and all that stuff. Yeah, cool. So I've, you know, it's funny that we've spent a lot of time talking about wood case pencils, and I'm I'm on a bit of a mechanical. Um...
1: You're on a mechanical jag, but not me, Ted. Jag.
0: I'm only um, using pencils that are a
1: hundred years old. So when I'm done with this one, though, <laughs> they've got dozens of others from the very generous Dave Tubman at uh, Pencil Fodder. Uh, so cool. none of them are hundred years old I don't think other than this one so I'll pr- I'm just gonna go back to uh, probably this pentel probably this mustard yellow pentel which uh, <laughs> if with my luck with my I've probably just ordered ordered an orange one but anyways
0: well, I think uh, can't see colors. Buddy. mechanical most mechanical Drink. pencils for me when I even and this this applies one of the CW pencils boxes had a, a very nice um, I think it is, which people love, I guess. But when I write with that thing, I just feel like I'm holding a, uh, like a little piece of machinery or something. Like there's like these companies put so many little parts and doodads and wing nuts and different textures. And I, I don't, my hand doesn't feel comfortable interfacing with most mechanical pencils I, I i like how simple this one is because it doesn't expect me to i don't know uh, it just doesn't have rubber and plastic and this and that and rattles rattling i hate a rattling mechanical pencil yeah That's maybe my least favorite thing ever
1: if there's a pencil um, i can recommend you should try this this uh, george rowney number 820 you should pick one up
0: george rowney
1: Ted, I am reading a novel called Temporary by Hilary Leichter. Uh, it came out last year. I'm enjoying it. It's a weird sort of thing. Uh, she's a she's kind of like a metaphysical temp employee. She is all the temp employees. The first job it goes really into detail with is her being a temp on a pirate ship, a modern pirate mm-hmm. ship. Um, but it got me thinking about my years temping and... Um, I think, I think I've mentioned a couple of these to you before. Like, I I worked telesales for a marketing agency that was really just a guy in his basement with his wife. And he's a nice guy, but um, he was known for bringing cookies to meetings. So sometimes I would, uh, if, if there wasn't a lot of work to do, I'd just make the cookies. And other times I would just go to the freezer and eat the cookies I was allowed to, but I probably wasn't supposed to eat as many as I did. Um, probably mentioned that on the show before. A couple others, though, um... I was in a uh, skyscraper on Martin Martingale Road for the entire summer of 1998, right after I graduated. I entered forms into a computer. I made no friends because I was the youngest person there by at least five years. I didn't like meet anyone. I didn't know anyone. I went to the Good Wendy's um, and read the Monday New York Times, I remember. And I have literally no idea what the company did. <laughs> or what the forms were for. And my fondest memory is realizing that halfway through the job. Not at the beginning of the job, not at the end, but halfway through. And then the, the third temp job I had was at a Goodyear warehouse that was in the process of closing down. Mm. And um, I remember that uh, the, there was one guy that would get really mad at me when I wasn't reading the Chicago Tribune, when I was reading the New York Times instead. These are both
0: New York Times things separate years apart
1: but um, I can't
0: imagine why that factory was shutting down with prioritization skills like that
1: right but this was like yeah and this was it was great and also I remember there was a guy who we went to pick up lunch once a guy who worked there I think is like the son of uh, the son of the head of the plant nice guy and uh, big Celine Dion fan I found out I remember <laughs> that too so th- those are my temp jobs, and I took some notes about it because I was thinking about it because of this book. Temporary? Awesome. Did you uh, did you ever work as a temp or have an interesting summer
0: job? I had never a temp proper. Uh, I once spent two weeks uh, sending press releases to uh, the nation's news outlets. This was a, a, the internet existed, but it, the online space wasn't robust. I don't think social media existed yet. Uh, the the product I was announcing was a website that uh, <laughs> taught an alternative way to tie your shoelaces. <laughs> uh, really? Yeah. And uh, let's see. So it was a it, the office I worked in was the break room of a an IT staffing company, small business, <laughs> seemed to be. Seemed to be a perfectly reasonable (laughs) business, uh, of which I was an unusual subsidiary. And uh, I uh, achieved one successful media placement, which was in the, uh, the small local neighborhood newspaper where our offices were located.
1: Would have really tied it together if it was the New York Times, since I... (laughs) <laughs> oddly
0: mentioned it twice
1: in mine You third what a really yeah.
0: you know the Chicago Tribune asked me if they could run the story and I said you know what I'm a times man <laughs> did you learn to tie your shoe in that alternative way I did there was a, it was an absolutely reasonable way in which to tie one's shoe and in fact it could have perhaps superior um, there was a fatal flaw in that there was there was nothing to sell <laughs> right or, yes no
1: way to make money or, off of an alternative no, it, no
0: there were no patents there i guess no, ads uh, ads you could have sold ads for the site yeah could could have sold ads. yeah yeah that was that was the five-year plan i lasted two weeks <laughs> until i realized it was uh, it was a crazy town <laughs> i thought you were going to maybe mention didn't you
1: have a job once working for the cruise industry
0: uh, yeah, that was, um, I was not working for the cruise industry. I was, uh, working for a, an online travel agency. Uh, it was, there were, uh, by which I mean, there was a website that had a phone number where you could call one <laughs> of 200, uh, travel agents and they would book you cruises and things. I answered emails from customers. Okay. Uh, ended up with a a pretty lively book of greatest hits emails from the <laughs> insane people of the world. So it was not all for naught. Okay. Uh, but it was it was gulag like conditions answering those those emails. As they, <laughs> uh, pretending. Did you pretending send everybody gift cards? Writing in the voice of the CEO of the company as if he himself were sitting there responding to every single email that came in.
1: Dear sir or madam, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm the CEO of this travel agency. I'm sorry <laughs> that you had a bad cruise experience. You mm-hmm. shouldn't take cruises. They're horrible. Just wait 20 years. You'll see. Um, but while I have your attention, let me, to, in order to apologize, I would like to, to make amends for your bad experience. <laughs> I would like to provide you with this alternative way to tie your shoes i think you'll find it life-changing and you won't even need a vacation ever again oh,
0: let's do this again next week adam what do you say well, hold on one second i just uh, shoes are untied <laughs> check us out on the internet uh at take note dot space it's a website where you'll find a phone number and one of the two of us will answer not only episodes and show links, but uh, some blog posts and some nice images of paper and pencils and pens and other things like that. Uh, we are on Twitter at twitter.com slash takenotepod. Take care.